Welcome back to the basement, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned back into Chunky Glasses, the podcast. Hope you've been having a uh, a great week, a great weekend, a great life. Uh, we got a good podcast for you this week. Going to be reviewing the new album from Eric Bachman. Uh, once of Arches of Loaf, once of Crooked Fingers. Now he's just going by his, his name, Eric Bachman. His, he has an album named Eric Bachman. Um, and in this review, you know, we get. The very this is a very personal album. We don't often go into too many personal things, although we we, we are a feels friendly podcast. But uh, but you know something about this record uh, related to some things uh, in my life, and so we speak about them. Uh, it's not our normal mo, and, I, and I'm not sure how it really bears on a a, a musical you know the scale of musical criticism, the legitimacy of that. But, you know, I was down here having a conversation with uh, some friends of mine uh, for your benefit, and so that's what came out. Um, also, on this podcast, we're going to be talking uh, some title talk. That column is back. Uh, long story short, title is is still... <laughs> they say they added followers, and we don't know if they do. Now they're talking about suing the people they bought the company for. Uh, all just, the you know, the ongoing uh, cluster that is title uh and also we're going to be featuring track from uh two titans of uh latin american music uh that uh eduardo actually brought to my attention you know if you don't know eduardo is from brazil uh has a really uh one of the reasons he's so good on this podcast is because he's a very unique perspective on uh, a lot of this stuff that we listen to here in america even though he is you know from america it's um uh, so uh, we're going to be playing a track from that. The uh, Catiano Veloso and uh, Gilberto Guild, they just put out a live album, and uh, it's fantastic. So that's going to be your podcast for this week. So if you guys are ready, if you're comfortable, uh, if you have your beverage sitting beside you, ready to be sipped upon, uh, let's go. Let's start the thing. Here you go. This is episode number 171 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. We're reviewing the new album from Eric Bachman. Simply titled, Eric Bachman. Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a wonderful house. I'll see it. I'll see it stop moving. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes it's okay, but sometimes it's not. Like like things in the world. I feel like every that's the definition of everything. I'm pretty specific. <laughs> You're a global kind of guy. You could die or you could not. <laughs> that is very true. That's actually untrue. Everybody will die. Just you could right. die or you could not tomorrow. <laughs> right. You, you need gotta, to be more. It specific. needs to be a time bound statement. <laughs> You could die or you could not within the next 45 years. That's the uh, going to be the title of my triple concept album. Oh, nice. <laughs> you could die or you could not. It's and three then, concepts or is it a triple album? I was going to say, because one, con- one concept is just, is, one concept says nothing. <laughs> you die, don't but, die, nothing. <laughs> but in saying nothing, is it not really saying everything? Oh, Jesus, we could, that's a, that's a lot deeper conversation than <laughs> Probably a, a longer podcast. It's probably a good time to share my thoughts on waiting for Godot with you all. So, <laughs> you guys ready? Let's do it. Um, welcome back to the basement, guys. Hopefully, you didn't have to break traffic again, Carrie. Uh, yeah, it's it's. It, wait till the metro shuts down. Oh and God, for six months at a time, right? Six months at a time. What? Yeah, yeah. they're they're floating this idea, saying it's so bad that we just need to like get rid of it or what? Kiss the blue line goodbye. Whoo! Yeah. Well, they're not wrong no they're not if that was an album would that be like extremes fifth album would that they're not wrong wrong. now um got a good little podcast for you today we're gonna be talking about an artist that uh we have come to love over time many of you have come to love when eric bachman fronted archers of loaf uh played under crooked fingers which i think 
we've covered on the site at least twice live. I know we've covered him a lot uh, as his albums. He's got a new album out, and now it's just Eric Bachman. It's not Crooked Fingers. It's his second such album. There was one back in, I think, 2006. Maybe it wasn't Mm -hmm. that far back, but it's somewhere back there. Um, We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be playing a nifty track that Eduardo's going to tell you all about at the back end of that that is uh, sort of you won't be expecting it. That's, that's all I'm <laughs> nice. saying. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but before that, we get to do one of my favorite things we have not been able to do for a little while. Talking about title talk. <laughs> and, just going to say, talk about title talk. And I, and I need Shit to figure title. out. Do you remember when I did the explosion uh, thing with the Clint Eastwood? Yes. I need, I need to figure that out. <laughs> Which, un, un, uh, unluckily, we actually taped that the night of the Boston bombings. So oh, yeah, so I made this whole big thing. It's out there. I made this whole big thing, and it was all these explosions. I'm like, get off my lawn, <laughs> and uh, and that's why we haven't done it since because I I felt bad after that, and we haven't used that since. But uh, anyways, it's been a year since title relaunched, uh, and following the acquisition by a company, uh, Jay Z uh, has been they've had some troubles. They've gone through some uh, what CEOs. They've gone through the CFOs. They've gone through some staff. To say the least. They've they had botched a few releases. They botched a few releases. <laughs> they they maybe uh, which we can talk about a little maybe uh, lying about their stats, uh, but now and this sort of lead feeds into that thought. Um, it breaks today that they are talking about suing the company that they bought title from um ironically it, for lying about their stats <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um lying is such a harsh ugly word concealing obfuscation <laughs> those are much nicer words <laughs> well fluffing originally it was it was uh, a spyro the company uh is uh wmp streaming service became title and they obviously when you put something up for sale you report in this case, you're streaming your, your traffic because you need to like value it. So they're saying uh, that all these problems are, in fact, not problems, but they are simply because they just didn't have subscribers <laughs> to begin with. Um, this is. Uh, it took them a year and a half to figure that it out. It took them a year and a half to figure that out. <laughs> it seems like it's taking them like a week and, and a half to figure that out. And, and this is such a good title talk uh, <laughs> because it just gets better. Well, well, you, it took like, them a year and a half to figure it out. It took them uh, saying they have 3 million subscribers. I'm guessing at least half of those were the free subscriptions that they're choosing to report that month and not now. And tomorrow. Kanye West's album is dropping on all the streaming services, despite being despite his, said, promise. despite his promise that it would only ever exist on Tidal. And porn. <laughs> Don't forget that it also was being streamed on a porn site. Was it? Yes. I didn't know. Oh, I, I, I heard about this. Yeah. yeah. It, was, Wait, it was also being free streamed on a porn site. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was right in the middle of one of my was crap it, trials right. was from earlier in the spring. I'd, or I would have double checked if you'd caught that. I, it was everywhere. So I thought you'd heard it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was being. Um, so it was one you frequent. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's how I found out yeah. about it. And then I double checked. Um, no, it was. Uh, it was that's a, what that dick pic you sent a, me, man, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's not mine. No. Um, it was a. It was. I think it was on NPR. I can't remember where I heard that news, but I just busted well, out loud because I thought well, hub, was gonna go nuts one on of that. the premier porn sites. Uh, thus, the hub in the name. They are a hub of pornography. Thank um, you for pointing that for, for clarifying <laughs> that. Uh, they actually were trying to start a streaming movies uh, music service for a while, and it and might have been. Mo- it might have been Pornhub. I, 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 was, I'm double checking right now because I think yeah. it was Pornhub. So, <laughs> so all these tru- like Kanye West. All this you stuff. Can, you like, can also buy it on vinyl on eBay. Someone actually. No, you can't. <laughs> someone, someone, someone ripped the album uh, and then pressed it on vinyl, and it's on clear vinyl. And you can there's a, you can buy it on eBay for eighty dollars. Was it on an egg? It's a bootlegged Kanye West Life of Pablo. Yeah, they get that with acid one. rap too. With Chance the Rapper, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious okay. about that. Uh, I wonder if that's what Paul and I were talking about, if they had a 3D printer. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Awesome. Um, The reason we haven't talked about Title Talk is because, really, there's been nothing to talk about uh, until now. So this this sort of, like, coagulation of influences, what does this say to you, Eduardo? (laughs) 
I'm going to hazard a guess that this is not a well-run business. <laughs> you can go out on a limb. That's my, that's, 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 that's my very hot take for the moment. <laughs> is that, is that if you're, if you're sitting around on a couple million dollars and you're, if you have someone who's like, uh, a friend of a friend of Jay-Z's who's like, Hey, you want to know where to put that couple of million dollars you're looking to invest? Don't put it in title. <laughs> they clearly yeah. don't know yeah. what they're doing. I mean, so, so, I mean, what are they doing? Because literally, this is this is classic like misdirection. Classic, like nobody was asking about their stream, and because they right. basically ceased to be relevant, they botched the Kanye West release so badly. And I don't even know if it's their fault. Right, a lot of it's Kanye's right, fault. Right, right, right. I think ninety percent of that should have been like, yeah. "You're out, brother." Yeah. Like we cannot be in business with you. But like <laughs> this is this is like very clearly a, like we botched it so bad man we have to be relevant it's like why just fucking so, dump it so you have Kanye declaring that it will only ever be available on title and porn and and let's say you love Kanye West and porn was it pornhub it's Did you pornhub yeah, okay. yeah. I have confirmed so there's it's a there's pornhub. a life of pablo channel on pornhub as you're cycling through and you're like this is not <laughs> that's why i'm a on naked there girl giving me the weather uh so all right, so let's say that you were a really big Kanye fan and you went over to Tidal and your free subscription ran out and you're st- you like chose to become a member for you know however long you need to a- you need to access that album. Essentially what's happened is that Tidal has kind of conned you into subscribing for at least 1 month before you could get the album somewhere else. Yeah. Cuz it's been 30 days, right? Yeah, so, which is windowing and that's fine. Yeah. But it's shitty as a business practice. Well, it's, like it's, so it's what's going to be coming. I yeah. mean, that 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 is what's going to differentiate services is windowing stuff and having stuff on a service for like a month, a couple weeks beforehand. Yeah, or like when Stefani just did, it's right. just not on streaming. I was about to say, I just and saw on so, Spotify that that if you if you go to Gwen Stefani's uh, artist page, it says this album will be available on this date. Right. Right. With the life of Pablo, Kanye had said this album will never ever be available right. anywhere other than title. Yeah, although which turns on, out not to be a verifiably. Although true honestly, if if you're the fool that acted because of something <laughs> that Kanye, Kanye West <laughs> said, then you know uh, caveat emptor. <laughs> so, so, but but what? I think I said. That what right. can they possibly fact check me? <laughs> like this is clearly bullshit. Like they're not. They can't legitimately be looking at being like, you know what our problems are? These guys just lied to us. Now we want our money. I mean that – what – I I it makes no sense. Like I have friends like Chenault subscribed to this title. People say right. it's not a terrible service, but what is being done with it is – it's atrocious and it's it's hilarious because they're trying to keep up this PR image that we're for like we're by the artist for the artist and at the same time they're like doing this and then they just announced they want to go into streaming films we're we're by yeah. some artist for some artists and it, they bought yeah. a publicly traded company yeah it's I mean the information's out there right. yeah they're basically saying you know they've they've committed fraud on all the shareholders as well as yeah you know the the guys who own this thing and it's 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 not going to go anywhere. That's yeah. That's not the case. I'm not a yeah. lawyer, but, it, but I, mean, <laughs> I have a lot of them in they're my trying basement. Trying to sue like a Norwegian company. That is absurd. It's not going right. to work. Right, right. Because well, over there, all this stuff is like pretty transparent. Yeah, it's also in Norwegian, so maybe they just got the like the math wrong. <laughs> just, I don't know what the translation was. They saw like was. the O with the line through it, <laughs> and, and they were like, was... "That's a thousand. That's a couple of extra thousand right <laughs> yeah. there." Um, what so? So the last time we did talk title, I think there was one of the angles is that there was a possibility that title was it, would itself be sold to a new ownership. Yeah, uh, I think it was Samsung who was talking about. Oh, Samsung. That's right. That's right. So is this a a thing to basically like shore up the value? Uh, that's that's kind of what I was wondering. Or 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 is it an attempt by so because because here's the thing is that maybe it's. It, right. So it's Jay-Z trying to inflate the impact of his stewardship of the company. Right. 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 Much before, like he did with Beats. Before, because before he sells it to a bunch of Koreans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it just it's it's a sad, weird, like capitalist, like failure, like in my, in my mind, because we have enough problems in this streaming landscape already. Uh, you know, we're not. We will talk about it on a later podcast, especially if David Lowry comes on. <laughs> <Which is> not, <laughs> he's not, never he's coming not, on. He's man. never coming on this podcast. I don't know. 
You okay, so yeah. get him on here. Uh, right. But uh, y- you know, it like it just came out today that he uh, was talking about the the suit he had against mm-hmm. these streaming services. It's still going on. Yeah. It's still going on, and and that's a weird space because uh, they're getting sued, even though there's a lot of stuff that all these other companies were doing in good faith. You know, at the end of the day. All of these companies, not Jay Z. Jay Z just bought the thing. He's he didn't really invest in it. He just bought an existing thing. But companies like uh, Spotify, Audio, Rest in Peace, uh, Apple Music, even they are building a new infrastructure out that is going to be supporting the music industry for decades to come. Like until we reach the point that this is like beaming into our faces, uh, this is it. But again, you have to define support because. Part of the the main distribution channel exactly distribution is is different than supporting the artist and I think that's where but I read I read a little I don't know if they should be they worried I mean the fact that they're selling the artist's wares that is traditionally and if you think of these as labels the that's that's all they're responsible to and and people like Spotify were trying and working within the law. To like honor that and trying to do better, and they're getting sued, and you have jackasses like Jay Z running title into the ground like this, and like eventually something's gonna happen where we just don't we can't have nice stuff. Well, <laughs> I, I I might be missing a step because I thought that one of the issues with Spotify is that Spotify is quote selling you know th- this music in that if you have a premium. Uh, subscription for Spotify, you can move all, all, anything that you want that's on Spotify onto your device to listen offline. You can do whatever you yeah. want to with but it. But But the but the band is getting like eleven cents for every thousand times it's played. Well, is that not accurate? No, that's not accurate because okay. because that's I, not Spotify's fault. That's the label's fault. That's the band's deal's fault. Bands that have a direct deal with any distributor, mm-hmm. then they are making money. Period. That that's it. So the issue with Spotify and why they're getting sued and Tidal too, uh, now and uh, Rhapsody, which I didn't even know they were still around. I didn't oh, either. Wow. Congrats, Rhapsody. Yeah, it's like, the, it's like the, the, the MySpace of the uh, you know, why Jesus. why they're why they're getting sued is is because people say they're not getting paid enough, but there's also a very uh, convoluted way these the mechanical licenses have to be. Um, have to be issued and obtained. And so what his suit is basically saying is that, you know, you didn't obtain the mechanical license to us, to my music. He's talking about Camp right, right, right. and, and, uh, and... and that you didn't try, okay. which meant that for that one thing may or may not be true. This I, mean, is, I, I appreciate that clarification yeah. because I think I'm still operating in my head from information from two years ago, which we're, is, yeah, yeah. We're a little yeah. off title talk here, but, but I'm going to swing it but back. It's the, same, it's, it's the same thing. We don't, so, have to, we don't have to like all focus on bash title because no, 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 we'll no, get back no. to no. it. <laughs> here's, here's what happens. There'll be plenty more opportunities. Here's what happens. I, I look, I have a streaming services. It's uh, chunky asses. Let's just say <laughs> we are in porn and streaming music. That's what we're doing. Um, so, uh, dude, we got to make money somehow. Stick, stick it to porn. We got to make, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> no so I look at it and the first thing I want on here is Camper Van Beethoven's catalog. So I have to basically send a letter of intent to, uh, uh the Harry Fox agency and then say, this is what I want to do. Can you tell me how much I owe for these rights and this per stream and, and get it done. If they don't respond in 30 days, I'm free and clear. And I don't, you know, until somebody comes and says, you know, you now owe me this money, then all that money, I can't use it, but I put it into a fund that then collects interest, which is exactly what Spotify was doing and what every single one of these companies is doing. Okay. And to the extent that maybe they, you know, if they feel that Lowry's case has any merit and if they feel exposed, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but Mm -hmm. wasn't someone thinking, wasn't someone signaling an intent to sue the Harry Fox agency mm-hmm. as being, was it Apple Music who was, yeah. and basically saying, you know, we've, yeah, done our, we've done our due diligence and if we have any exposure here, it's because Harry Fox agency is not doing what they're supposed right. to be okay. doing. Right. Okay. Right. So, so that that is a hot mess that is, uh, has been the subject of many podcasts, but back to the title mess is like throwing this on top of it is just <laughs> fucking like, I don't want to wake up. I, you know, I, I'm even reading today is like, this costs these companies money. Like, and 
they're I don't know why they anybody feel they have to fight title, but they do, I guess. They're yeah. like competition. So they're spending money for this failing entity that really was just a thing that he bought to to sell later. And now you see articles pop up that you decide what the relevance is, but that even with a paid tier, your streaming will be limited. And yeah, that's right. That's not acceptable, right? From to, like, I don't know why a consumer would accept. But because that, because right? of all the stuff that people don't understand about streaming music, and and the and mainly the mess of the copyright system. Yeah, right. Uh, this is what's happening to it. Uh, if this suit goes forward with title in the in the position, maybe that's why they're suing. Honestly. Maybe that's why they're like, well, shit, we're going to need a couple hundred million bucks because we're going to have to pay out this thing. Because uh, I think Rhapsody did pay out. I, I, I could be wrong, but I believe they did. It just seems like there's a um, – the way Spotify and Apple Music approach being in the news is – Somewhat deliberate, somewhat planned. When they get when they have bad press, they try to control it the way you would expect a normal, responsible uh, corporation uh, to do. And title just seems to want to be in the news for like all the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, it's like they're the like they're basically the like, girl taking bad selfies nonstop. Yeah, or, or You're like, like, please quit. Or it's like it's like it's like the fledgling rapper who wants to get shot at Howard Homecoming uh, to like build up his career or right. something, right? Yeah. Because you're like and and it's just. It's just not – they don't get good press. They pick fights that they're not going to win. They, like, make untenable declarations, and it just doesn't seem like there's any adults in the room. I've I've mentioned Have you met Kanye West? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Touche. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I I think you've definitely said that before. It just doesn't – it's just a bunch of kids who are like – don't value art, don't value music, don't value anything except their own self-worth yeah. uh, driving this into the ground. Well, and honestly, if they if they really are using this as a vehicle to try to change the strength of their negotiating uh, position against Samsung, they are morons. Yeah. yeah. Because they're dealing with an adult fucking they are company dealing Samsung, with yeah. you know, <laughs> serious like, freaking company. I've actually yeah. been in South Korea a couple of times. My cousin lives over there. You don't fuck with Samsung. <laughs> and also you're trying to sue a Norwegian publicly traded company. That's also just, that is a mm-hmm. no win situation. You know, who's probably driving the boat is all of their lawyers who yeah, are just yeah. like, Hey, idiots with money. We're going to just take right. all of it. And I say that knowing my brethren, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not, enough sand, <laughs> yeah right. not enough sand, folks. Not enough sand. Not enough concrete. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we're we're gonna keep you up to date on uh, on that because you know we will. <laughs> You know we will. Maybe Prince will buy into title, and we. Can oh, my god. oh my god! Oh my god! Prince is, is on title. Is. Right, right, right. So, he, de- he, <laughs> he declared that title is going to change like the nature of reality of itself. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah essentially, that, that, that okay. when you but see that, Jay-Z, that's another podcast because we're going to no, no, no. Are we here to talk about some music? No, no, because because now we're venturing into Prince's dick territory. Right. This is just the, the melding. This is a mashup. He's in the middle For you of the kids who like a mashup, um, you know. And uh, we are going to talk about this later uh, on a later podcast soon. I actually have an email out to their uh, press team. SoundCloud, SoundCloud Go just launched. Yeah, right. Which potentially could fuck up everything because now you have another service that allows uploads. But the copyright thing is still there. I mean, the the advantage of SoundCloud, we're not on SoundCloud or YouTube for very simple reasons. Uh, they use bots. So you can't, regardless, like most of the tracks we play are actually tracks that are just out in the world. I mean, they definitely are because they're streaming. But a lot of them are, are directly from a record company. They're on their SoundCloud page. But if we put them up on SoundCloud, it will stop us right. before we upload it. And that's in the context of a podcast. It will scan the whole thing. YouTube doesn't give a fuck. Like 10 seconds and you're down. In fact, we just won against Sony. Uh, we had years ago an uh, interview with Nassim Curry of Kingsley Flood. And we used, and it was relevant. We used a clip of uh, Hollow Notes one on one, and we asked him a question directly about him. That is a loose interpretation of fair use, but it is still fair use. Um, it got taken down. We won. 
a year later, it got taken down again, and we got a strike on our thing. And wow, yeah. and like, and we're like, I'm like, no, and now it's fixed. It did lead to a really good. Um Considering this is being taped right around the beginning of April, it did lead to a really good uh, April Fool's Day joke by you saying yeah, that you were being sued for $187,000 yes. and you had to stop the site. <laughs> which I haven't, I haven't figured out what, uh, which one, which April Fool. I don't know if we're going to do April Fool's this year. It's tomorrow. You got to decide soon. Out. Yeah, you're dating the podcast. Um, you know, but so SoundCloud Go has the potential now to like because they have a good base. Although everybody was saying they were going bankrupt. Right, you know, but they got a nice little round of funny. I, I, funny, I think they sent around to Spotify Kickstarter like all their parents' friends on Facebook or something. <laughs> like so, something ridiculous recently, yeah. and and then the title was over here just doing. You know, you can't. Um, competition is good, but there's sometimes when you got to know to get the fuck out of the game. Just get out of the way. A line. We could be talking about the election right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, I was wondering. I was there's, talking to Bryce. There's, there's no debate tonight, right? No. So, no I was yeah. This is once. a one night off. <laughs> no, actually, it's a bunch of town halls. I think. Oh shit! I was talking to Bryce from Random Nerds how to how to run, work this into the podcast, and I think maybe I, I just yeah, did. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's sometimes when you are, uh, you know, struggling near the title. Maybe you are better. Maybe you have the best of intentions, but nobody gives a fuck. Because you you lost before you started, and and juvenile tactics like this they don't do anything except cheapen the whole system. My DCA to Miami uh, seatmate knew when to get out of the race, and uh, yes, <laughs> so yes, well. you're right. All right, so um, live th- to fight another day. That's not title <laughs> talk. That's a new segment called Everything Talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but let's talk about some uh, some music from down the Carolina way. Branches of bending their backs to the sun. It's dust on the radio. The one I adore is here in my arms. Rain brought a better That track right there is Carolina off of uh, one Eric Bachman's latest solo album. It's his first album, or it's actually his second album, like we mentioned up front, under the name Eric Bachman. But it's his first one in a long time. He's been going under Crooked Fingers. Before that, he fronted uh, Archers of Life, who have done a few uh, reunion tours. Mm -hmm. They've been coming around a lot. I never, and it's still, they're one of those bands that I I haven't ever locked into. I definitely heard them, but I, I I haven't gone full fanboy on them. And I feel like I need to like spend dig into their catalog because a lot of like so many people reference them and yeah. so many and it you know from what I've heard it's such a talented band. It's funny you say that. It's it's definitely the same. For, I think the first I heard of them was on a Tom Waits tribute album. Right, they did Big Joe and Phantom Three Hundred Nine. But yeah, um, but yeah, they're not a band that I've spent a lot of time with, even though they were in my wheelhouse and it was the right time for me to be into them. Yeah, so. we've uh, we've slowly been reporting more and more on North Carolina. Because I think there's a lot of shit going on down there. Uh, he definitely fits into the scene. Only he's a little like older uh, in the scene. You know, he just came off tour. Uh, last time I saw him playing was uh, in the background with uh, Nico Case. Mm-hmm. Oh right, uh, he played on that album. Um, you know, if you had to describe his work as Crooked Fingers or as just Eric Bachman, it is the uh, a little more traditional 
singer songwriter vein. I think I think was what we're going for. There's a touch of Americana about it. Yeah, there's definitely a touch yeah. of Americana. You know, he uh, I've seen him play at Iota Rock and Roll Hotel all around town, and it's always a great show. This uh, was meant to be the switch of the name, uh, which I want to discuss a little at some point in this conversation. Uh, was meant to reflect a more personal approach. Uh, when somebody does something like that, do you necessarily think that it means that these are more autobiographical songs? He has specifically said that this is the end of Crooked Fingers, that he won't be using that as a right. title hmm. anymore, that it's all going to be... But is the reason, though, because this is think, more yeah, about I him. He, I think that he's hinted that he's he's not gonna, it's not he's not hiding behind a persona anymore. He's not the front man for Archers of Loaf. He's not... The everybody of crooked fingers with you know backups behind him. That mm-hmm. this is this is all him. Um, and there's only one song on this album that I think s- seems to really like. So Masters of the Deal, I think, is yeah. the only song that seems to be tied to a real world event. And it's you know it's it's a storytelling song or it's a a, a topic song. Um, yeah, because the rest of it is a very like personal. I mean, is, yeah. Not to just quote a press release, but it's a very personal album. If you are to believe that these are not stories, yeah. Whereas, whereas, uh, like Crooked Fingers albums usually have, you know, uh, so, like around half of the album will be sort of like character sketches or, mm-hmm. or, or stories, and they might be about, you know, they 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 might be somewhat autobiographical, but 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 they could also just be stories he's choosing to tell. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I don't. I don't get that same vibe here. This really does feel like like when he says me or we, it, you imagine that it's him and and someone else and not yeah. you know a character. So. Yeah. So so in the vein of of songwriters that uh, that purvey this, you know this this uh, brings to mind in the and it still goes on, but you know in the late nineties, mid to late nineties and stuff, you had sort of an explosion of Americana ish maybe uh, songwriters like uh, you know Sonny Landreth. Uh, you know, Todd Snyder, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and it's something that I think, and honestly, Lucinda Williams was in the, was in oh, that yeah. group back then. And it's something that I, I haven't necessarily seen. I know it's there, but th- I mean, that it, this is on Merge Records. This is a big release right? for, uh, you know, uh, these days. And to see an album like this pop up, it's just sort of like makes me laugh a little like in a good way <laughs> there's uh there's a there's a line you know, giggly <laughs> yeah no i i did i wait in listening to this i was just like oh that's that's i remember that i, remember I, got, that. I got some feels emails yeah. from you <laughs> yeah well it does it does have um you know it, it plugs right into that kind of piano singer songwriter mm-hmm. thing and there's also the fact of of his you know there's this album seems to be like an experienced quote-unquote album yeah. and there's a line that keeps getting thrown around for um, Leonard Cohen that I thought about. That was uh, it's something to the effect of like on Leonard Cohen albums, uh, death is funny and the sex is sad, <laughs> and and this album is like very much in that in that kind of spiritual vein. I think there's just a, yeah, there's a there's a darkness about it, but there but like the darkness is kind of dealt with in a way that's comfortable and 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 a little bit funny. Yeah, it, it's. Uh... Yeah, because I mean, a lot of people we've talked about this year, I think they have to treat life like that. Lucy Dacus, uh, right. Laura Gibson, right? You know, writing these songs about about personal, very deeply personal experiences uh, that may be horrifying at the time, but a little perspective, a little sitting back from them, you can get like the humor and stuff. I mean, yeah. and, and that's certainly like how I operate my life now. And that is like. <laughs> There is nothing that is not funny to me uh, in life. You know, it, it's weird when you go through this album. Um, you, you hit a song like "Modern Drugs," which right. is uh, not about necessarily glamorizing drug use. It's about needing drugs to maintain. That song actually was particularly relevant when I listened to this because I recently had to start taking drugs for anxiety, and mm-hmm. he's talking about benzos in this song. And that's, right. you know, and it's you know you have. Lyrics like some days you get your money's worth, uh, days when overloaded and straight life's such a bore, you know, and these are, these are at least right now in my life, I don't know how they are to you guys, but very relatable to me. Uh, and I, and it makes me wonder, is this an album about, uh, anxiety in which case 
I, I kind of am loving like what's going on. Yeah, and if so, like its anthem is the song "Separation Anxiety," which is just right. this fantastic when, upbeat. You know, just it just it's just such a catchy number. Or it's separation it's, fright. Separation, separation fright. Which, yeah, which, which, yeah. which and, uh, and you know, I hate. I I don't know because this is. A, I guess because this is a personal album. Like I, I my reactions were and notes were personal to this. Uh, that is a relatable to me because after. After going through surgery, after going through heart surgery, uh, it's not a codependency with me and Daria, but it is a depression like that I felt for a long time. I mean, years after this, when she, w- I knew she wasn't going to be there at the end of the day, and it was unlike anything I had ever felt in my life. And it was, it was set in you know separation anxiety. You can call it what you want, right. but it. it ratchets into what anxiety is and you feel weird things like that and when you don't have your connections or don't have your like points that you can like hold on to all of a sudden it's like well <laughs> your body's like i got the answer for that <laughs> it'll make you freak out for a fucking while uh i had a different feeling i had almost the opposite feeling on this um compared to some of the prior stuff that he had done with um, with Crooked Fingers. Mm-hmm. And it relates primarily to his voice. Um, I feel like he has a very strong and very distinctive voice. And definitely it's, you know, very reminiscent of um, Neil Diamond, oh, yeah. which yep. I love. But I feel like he had, that he was able to bring like a really deep, menacing quality to some of the songs. Right. And then also this heartbreaking, just horrible, awful feeling to some of the songs. In Crooked Fingers. In Crooked Fingers. Mm -hmm. I feel like this album, with the exception of Carolina, which we just heard, and then the closing song, which is The Old Temptation, which is actually just a standout, amazing song. The rest of this is so mired with horrifyingly bad backup singers that, See, and and that to me creates a morass that I cannot get out of. And and you guys keep talking about separation fright. I hit the fast forward on that song <laughs> so many times before I had to make. I almost needed benzos to make myself feel, listen to it. I, I, yeah. I, I feel you on that, but but I think that it, it's it's an ironic twist because like the song we're going to play is actually Mercy, and that's the song that first stood out to me. That was the first yeah, single because of the backup Be- right. singers, and and also, I'll be clear, because of the Neil Diamond in those Right, yeah. and what like, I would like to hear from that song is I would like to hear it stripped out without the backup singers because I really want to hear his voice. I want to hear something real out of it, and I don't get that from 80% of this album, well, and I was really disappointed about that. Well, consider this, that, you know, even though he is now under his own name, like those, mm-hmm. as a device, obfuscate him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a theatricality to this, and I think I think some of that is the is, is maybe him going to the piano and, and not playing the guitar at all on this album. Yeah. Um, and that just invites sort of a different thing. And and that's also what kind of connected it to Leonard Cohen for me, which is I remember, you know, seeing like a PBS special where it was Leonard Cohen and this like dinky little Casio tone and three backup singers and just thinking, right. oh, my God, what did the 80s do to this wonderful singer songwriter? Yeah. When you hear him live now and you hear this, the the backup singers, it's just glorious and majestic. And it lends this whole other layer of depth to the music that. Right. And I think that where I where I would differ with that is I think it is the it is quality backup singers. To me, this sounds mm. almost canned. These they, they sound like basically what happened in Starlight Vocal Band. Where did they turn up from the seventies? Oh, they're now backing him. It's just <laughs> there's no quality to their voices. Well, there's no depth to their voices. You, He's used backup singers in other things. Like Sleep All Summer is mm. one of the most real songs about heartbreak. And it's just that desperation that you feel when you get broken up with. I'm not sad. Why won't you fall back in love with me? Right. I mean, it's and he just has this like crushing quality to his voice. And the the backup vocals in that really add a depth and a layer. I, I the the use of I just kept envisioning like you know the Pat Boone singers or Andy Bernard yeah. you know with his finger in his ear like the worst of acapella college singers it just it made me it, it got to the point where I was almost angry about it and I was supposed to be soothing and you know sure 
but now yeah. you you pointed out to me earlier that uh, he had done a album of Neil Diamond covers and Queen and Queen and <laughs> amazing and 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 so I guess the question uh, and I'm going to ask this question. We're going to listen to a song to get an example of this, uh, and, then we'll, and then we'll come back and we can answer it. But the question that I have is, you know, if that's what he's going for and you consider that all of his other stuff, you know, he's a Southern artist and there's a difference between Southern Gothic storytelling. You have stuff like this, like what Patterson hood does and drive by truckers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the pure pop of a Neil diamond, uh, Thing so what we're gonna do? Is I want to see if I can guess which one you're gonna play. Oh, you know I'm gonna play Mercy. I mean, I, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure if you were had another one. In, no, no, no. So Mercy, we're gonna so. play Mercy because it is the pure pop of Neil Diamond. I mean, I. It's a gorgeous. We'll, song. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll comment on this later, but but here you go. This is Mercy off of Eric Bachman's uh, self-titled LP. Eric Bachman. Yeah. 
That is uh, Mercy from Eric Bachman. Carrie, I want to ask you a question. This is a weird question. I want to answer a question. Okay. <laughs> This oh, is not going to go well, listeners. Uh, no, it's 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 going to go fine. One of us has had whiskey and one of us has had beer. Yeah. How how many times did you see the jazz singer growing up? Zero. Seriously? Seriously. So you didn't have HBO? No. I lived mm. in the country. So did I. We didn't have cable. Okay. We didn't get it until like 1984. But. No, I... I Lived in the country. And I lived until 1987 without cable. I didn't get cable until okay. I went to college. This would explain your reaction <laughs> to me, at least. I I hear that, and I remember. So I I saw the jazz singer mm-hmm. at least a hundred times. <laughs> uh, and the jazz singer, if you don't know, is, is ends with the classic hit "Coming to America." It mm-hmm. is which I own on 45. Yes, Ooh. yes. It, it it is the quintessential American journey of Neil Diamond. Uh, put to film uh, his life um and when i hear this i'm like wow this is just like a b-side from that an unironic b-side that just like dropped in and like yeah you know what back when neil diamond because let's be clear neil diamond wrote all the hits in rock and roll before he became neil diamond that you know like you know he had the he had the uh was it cherry so, uh, yeah, yeah. Cherry, cherry, yeah. Yeah. He had those, but he worked at the Bang Factory. Yep. He was a hired gun. He was a hired gun, much like Paul Simon, and, mm-hmm. and wrote all these songs that he didn't sing. And he's a legitimate badass. And so this sounds like, to me, and maybe I'm romanticizing it, just him paying homage to that idea and and Eric Bachman now putting himself in that be like you know what I've written songs for so long I've done all this maybe I've done the work to like move up to that pantheon of of songwriter and I will say that in answer to that <clears throat> I don't think you have to have seen the jazz singer to appreciate Neil Diamond mm-hmm. I personally spent my birthday you just last have to go year see at Super Diamond with eight of my closest friends. And I've got <laughs> pictures of me with people dressed up like Neil Diamond because I friggin' love Neil Diamond. My <laughs> issue with this, now that we've got the credibility issue okay, okay. addressed, <laughs> yeah. the, my issue with this album is the backup singers ruin it. They are too loud. Neil Diamond had backup They singers. are too... In, these... I'm not talking about Neil Diamond. We're but talking about two separate different albums. These backup singers do not have any depth, any heart, any soul, they're too loud and they are too invasive on 80% of the songs. I would love to hear that song stripped out. I would love to hear it with just him singing it live, playing on a piano. And I'd, hopefully if he comes to, you know, Rock and Roll Hotel, which is where he's I saw play, him last playing, time. He's playing Iota. He's playing a, Which is a good That would be perfect because yeah. that place has amazing acoustics. Yeah. And I will go and I will pray to God he doesn't bring anybody with him that is in a can. If he has actual live backup People in singers. A can? That's illegal. It's like, no, it's basically <laughs> like like a laugh track. This this is this is to me is the oral equivalent of a laugh track. It's it's terrible. Wow. No, I don't like it. And I, <laughs> Yeah. I think that, me, that, that came across, Gary. For those, for those who might be unclear, I don't like it. I love a lot of these songs. I think the lyrics could be cleaned up on some of them, but overall, I think his voice is spot on in every single song. I lose it because I get so distracted with the other stuff that's going on. So See, I I don't find the the production does not bother me. Um and maybe that's just because I listen to more schlock uh, and I wholeheartedly love it. But <laughs> but so but like I think a song like this takes, you know, the first few times you hear it, what what the lines that stick with you are about basically how it's how it's nonsense and bullshit that people tell you that things happen for a reason. And then somewhere around the fourth or fifth listen, you realize that there's actually like a very strong humanist message in the song which is that and that's why it's because it's because things don't happen for a reason and the world is full of violence and chaos that you have to fill your heart with love and it's a totally sappy um you know pedestrian message but it's 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 delivered so artfully within the context of the song which i think is such a well constructed uh song lyrically that um Fuck. 
that's the sixth extreme album. <laughs> it, it, it's I mean it, the whole it's, the song is about redemption. It's yeah. it's yeah. That, he said that multiple times. It's and I've listened to it multiple times, and it's one that I will sing in the shower by myself because it's a beautiful song. We are going to hire backup singers and have them in, in your bathroom to sing along when this happens. Just, just when you thought it was safe to sing this song. Just when you thought. It was a call was coming from inside the house. Actually, there should be an app on your phone. Backup singers? Backup singers. Uh, no, thank you. And just singing. So, um, I, I get your point, and I agree with your point. We have two separate points that I don't, you know, they, yeah, they they're, not, they they're not they're not mutually exclusive. Right, yeah. exactly. I I wish that this to my ear, the song actually came out more. I hope you get to where I am someday. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you drinking over there? Is that, yeah. that untitled whiskey? <laughs> could be could be ten minutes from now. Uh, <laughs> Take a so, slow ride. So so Carrie, what are you going to do with this? Um, I'm. Uh, it is one of those ones that I wish that I could purchase two songs and say that I'm going to do that. Um, if I have to purchase the whole album to get Old Temptation, I probably will do it. Okay. But that will be the only one I will listen to again. I'll listen to Carolina. I would say it's probably a stream for you then, right? Yeah, I'd say stream. Yeah. Although okay. I really like owning and yeah. having, you know. You can buy the track, but can I? Talking about, I thought that but, on this but, thing but we're not allowed to do stream, that. Anyway. You're talking about like you want people to just hear that once. That's more like a try. That's want, what a stream is. Th- but I think that people need to listen to this a couple of times in order to to get to either yeah. my take or your right. take. So it's, that's, it's not that's a one a listen. It's not a one that's listen a definite album. Stream then. It's a stream. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a heavy stream because you okay. need to listen. People out there, don't go by what I say. Listen to it four times and decide for yourself. All right, Eduardo. And listen to Old Temptation because it's amazing. What are you going to do with Extreme 3, 3, Sad, Savior Story? <laughs> uh, after I've done telling Nuno Betancourt how I feel about uh, his work with Rihanna, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy this album. So, Are, are you going to yeah. buy it? Yeah, I think it's a buy. I think it's a buy. I think, I think wow. the, the, the three or four songs on it that I absolutely love, I think, are just incredible songs, um, like all-time great songs. And, uh, and I think I just need to give the rest of it some time. So. Yeah. Uh, I am going to stream it because – Despite my love for Neil Diamond and everything I said, I you know I don't I I just don't spend a lot of time with albums like this. Like I appreciate mm. singer songwriters like this, but I don't ever like lock in like you do to that and be like, oh man, like this I need is so many train going so many feels, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, which is the, and that's just that's just who I am. But it is. So worth your time, not just to check out this album, but his other stuff. That... That's what I was going to ask both of you guys. How much of the Crooked Fingers catalog oh, do you guys? Yeah. All. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huge fan. Okay. So for me, this is, I, I don't care what, I don't care what his name is. I don't care what it's called. Oh, and I need he to just... clarify on a podcast, like a year and a half ago, I said that there were two Eric Johnsons, the guy from Fruit Bats. And, and the guitar I said, player. And I said, also... The guy from Crooked Fingers is also named Eric Johnson. Yeah. And I want to clarify now, for those who are taking notes, <laughs> yeah. that I was wrong. Okay. The PolitiFact rating on that was Pants on Fire. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was not intentional. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I, I you know, singer-songwriters are, are always good, and, and that's about, maybe, maybe you will enjoy it yourself. <laughs> Dear listener. <laughs> All right, so uh, Eric Bachman, his self-titled uh, new rebranding as himself, uh, out on Merge Records now. You can stream it everywhere. 
Uh, if you follow me and Carrie's example, uh, or if you follow Edwire's example, you, you can get right on over to the merge store and pick yourself up a vinyl copy. More importantly, I'm not sure the date, but I'm sure we'll have it in the show notes. Uh, you can go see him at IOTA, which we haven't been out there in a while. Uh, we're going, this is actually coming out on, on Monday. Uh, so, you know, we're going out there for Laura Gibson. We'll have just been out there. I think you're going, Eduardo. I know me and the lady are definitely going. Yeah, I'm going to try to make it uh, out there. And, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because it's it's a it's a phenomenal venue in a, in a fortunate location. <laughs> but You mean that it put. is not in D.C.? Yes. For those of us who live in D.C. For those of us who live in Virginia, it's an amazing location. I, and I will I also agree. say they have really good food there. They have good food. They, they have great have. beer. Thank so, you. So, you know, we'll be pimping this show as it gets closer uh, and maybe uh, even, like, reach out and see if he wants to come talk to us. And, like, Carrie, you're invited. I'll totally come and talk to him <laughs> because his little voice will just put me right to sleep because yeah. it's so soothing <laughs> and so calming. I love his voice. It's amazing. Uh, so before we get out of here this week, we want to we feature a track by somebody that we have been digging, something that came to our attention. Uh, this one, uh, Eduardo, you, you sort of were the impetus behind this. So I'll let you take the lead here. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, so so I pitched this and I'm gonna, I need like probably two minutes of everyone's time just to get a little background in so uh nonesuch is releasing i believe next week um this album by two towering figures in uh brazilian popular music um caetano veloso and gilberto gil um both of whom were uh so so they they toured together um over the past year and a half or so it was a tour uh that was subtitled you know two friends a century of music that's roughly how long they've been recording for they are both seminal figures in the late 60s, early 70s Tropicalia movement, um, which inspired Beck and so many others. They were both exiled in London um, uh, in the early 70s. Um, Gaithona Veloso has a self-titled album from 1971 in London that's in English. That's just an absolute essential recording. And uh, this double album is them just playing together um, two guitars, uh, two good friends, and uh, it, it tells not only the whole story of their careers, but um, it kind of illustrates all the complex and tricky things about Brazil that make it such a source of fascination for a lot of people. Um, and that's a necessary prelude to this song, which they actually I mean, this song is just there's so many layers of like meaning and uh, kind of metaphor here. So. Uh, they uh, they played a show together in Israel, which was loudly protested by uh, the Brazilian uh, left um, because they viewed it as legitimizing Israel's treatment of uh, Palestinians. Um, uh, Roger Waters got involved and said that they shouldn't be playing. Yeah, I, I kid you not. Roger Waters said that that they were wrong to play this show. That guy, kicked, <laughs> that guy kicked one of his. I, I was all on Roger Waters tip, except when I shot the wall at the Verizon Center, uh-huh. he kicked a dummy like at my head and looked down at me and smiled. What a and dick. for like a year, I was like, that was cool. And now I'm like, no, that's not cool. That's not cool, Roger. Um, Just aside. So, so uh, they actually <laughs> wrote this song. I hear you. Th- Owns part of title also. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Nice callback. Um, so they wrote this song um, just hours, uh, like the, in the early morning hours before they performed in Israel. Um, and it's a song called As uh, Camelias do Quilombo do Leblon, which that's all Portuguese. So, um, so it literally means the camellia flowers of the quilombo of the Leblon neighborhood in Rio. And a quilombo is um, if you remember your American history or your Caribbean history, that's like a maroon community that was formed by escaped slaves and they would um, create these autonomous sovereign uh, communities. And, um, and it, was, it was really common in the Caribbean. Um, it was fairly common in Brazil. So there was, there was a uh, quilombo in this neighborhood in Rio, which is a very noble neighborhood. It borders Ipanema. It's actually half of the beach that most people think is Ipanema is actually this neighborhood, Leblon. And they grew these camellia flowers there, which in the late 1800s, before the abolition of slavery in Brazil, were actually given to the Portuguese princess who lived in Rio. And this is one of those things where, like, 
Brazilian history, there's some nice one-to-ones with American history. There's mm-hmm. a couple of things that are just weird. And this is one of the weird things, which is that for a while, the Portuguese empire was actually seated in, uh, in Brazil, in the, in the New World. So these former slaves grew flowers for the princess who then signed the abolition um, of slavery. And, and this song references not only that, but it wonders where the flowers are for the second Emancipation Proclamation of Brazil. So that's echoing the idea that there are still social injustices that, that need to be fixed. Um, and it does that all in a very pleasant, sing-songy, kind of fun kind of way. So sorry to uh, – thanks for indulging me for those yeah. like two or three minutes of you know Brazilian history 101. Yeah. I might have gotten some stuff wrong. If someone wants to fact check me, please do. So, <laughs> All right. So here we go. Camélias do quilombo do Leblon, as camélias do quilombo do Leblon, as camélias do quilombo do Leblon, as camélias, as camélias do quilombo do Leblon, as camélias do quilombo do Leblon, as camélias do quilombo do Leblon, nas lapelas, vimos as tristes colinas logo ao sul de Hebron. Rimos com as doces meninas sem sair do dom O que fazer chegando aqui As camélias do quilombo do Leblon Brandir Somos a guarda negra da Redentora Somos a guarda negra da Redentora Somos a guarda negra da Redentora As camélias da segunda abolição As camélias da segunda abolição As camélias da segunda abolição As camélias As camélias da segunda abolição As camélias da segunda abolição As camélias da segunda abolição Cadê elas? Somos assim Capoeiras das ruas do Rio Será sem fim O sofrer do povo do Brasil Nele em mim Vive o refrão As camélias da segunda abolição Virão As camélias do quilombo do Leblon As camélias do quilombo do Leblon As camélias do quilombo do Leblon As camélias As camélias do quilombo do Leblon As camélias do quilombo do Leblon As camélias do quilombo do Leblon Nas lapelas Vimos as tristes colinas logo ao sul de Hebron Rimos com as doces meninas sem sair do tom Chegando aqui As camélias do quilombo do Leblon Brandir Somos a guarda negra da Redentora Somos a guarda negra da Redentora Somos a guarda negra da Redentora As camélias da segunda abolição as camélias da segunda abolição As camélias da segunda abolição As camélias As camélias da segunda abolição As camélias da segunda abolição As camélias da segunda abolição Cadê elas? Somos assim Capoeiras das ruas do Rio Será sem fim o sofrer do povo do Brasil Nele em mim Vive o refrão As camélias da segunda abolição Viram Alright, so we know I can't pronounce it, Eduardo so, uh, so that was As Camélias do Quilombo do Leblon By Caetano Veloso and Gilberto Gil I can say that more, like 
anglicized if that no <laughs> okay no okay we'll leave it that way yeah we're, we're if we want leave it anglif- that way. anglification we'll do it ourselves and in the intro Thanks. i'm gonna like chop that out and like put that in and, like, <laughs> see if i can get the timber of your voice closer to mine uh that 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 was uh lovely Oh, I I think it's a really nice recording. I I think it's uh if you don't know their their catalogs, there's they each have some seminal albums that are worth checking out. Yeah. Much of it's on Spotify or Apple Music, so you know there's a there's a whole world out there. I may ask you to like suggest one album. I'm I'm gonna put links to each the artist separately. Okay, the way we usually do. But yeah. I may ask you to like recommend one, and we'll like throw that in there. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that's about our podcast for this week, kids. Uh, thank you for coming down to the basement, experiencing some feels, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> anger feels. Some anger feels. No, it's not. It's, I, I'm sorry if I came across as angry all the night. It was more uh, <laughs> just disappointment. Yeah. And sadness. Yeah, it happens. But it's still a good album. Uh, we determined in, during the break uh, the 15th yes. of April, Eric Bachman is going to be at IOTA. We will be at. That's the same night as Tau, unfortunately. It is. Yeah. And the get down and stay. Yeah. Get down, stay down. <laughs> we're going to figure this out, kids. It's a, t- it's a tough we're call. G- we're going to include cloning technology, time machines, and a little bit of hash. <laughs> we, we got and, this. And interstate transport. Yes, and interstate transport. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the key. So we get thrown in the federal key prison. All of it. <laughs> uh, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening in. If you liked it, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Write us a review. Send us an email. Send me a text. Fuck it. Like, like, you, got, you got all the technology. I'm going to start putting you guys' numbers on there. <laughs> like, like, send Eduardo. Seriously, if you want to know more about that, what you just heard, email Eduardo. His, if you want to know Eduardo how to pronounce anything you just heard. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Um, we'll be back in a few short days. Uh, until then, uh, be good to your ears. Be better to your people. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!